Hey guys, and welcome back to the Beyond the Budget podcast. I am so excited to dedicate an entire episode to one of my personal favorite finance hacks, which is called sinking funds. So let's start this off with some research. According to a survey conducted by Bankrate in 2022, less than half of adults will be able to pay for a significant expense with their savings, and a quarter of them would pay with a credit card instead. So this is what their study asked. How would you pay for a surprise expense? So if you're hit with a $1,000 emergency room visit or a car expense, what would you do? And these were the options they were given. Pay with a credit card, use savings, ask to borrow money, get a personal loan, and there were a couple of other options. So instead of using savings, 25% of people would pay for an unexpected $1,000 expense with a credit card while paying it off over time. But what they found with was that a significant portion of those people that said they would use a credit card didn't actually end up being able to pay off the credit card balance, right? So it seems like a cycle of charging what you think you'll be able to pay off, but you actually can't pay it off. Let's talk about what a sinking fund is. The research, as we have seen, it has shown that very, very small amount of people are able to cover expenses as they come up. And the thing is, is a fallacy is, is that people think that emergency means a dental appointment or a vacation to Disney or things like that. When in fact, a true emergency is something catastrophic like a job loss or things like that, where you would use your three to six months savings to cover and keep you afloat until you were able to get back on your feet. Um, But a sinking fund, and I'm saying sinking like the ship is sinking. Okay, so S-I-N-K-I-N-G fund is a strategic way to save money for a specific purchase. And what we'll do is we'll set aside a little bit each month to put in that sinking fund. So they're like buckets. And if you consider, if you put a bucket out in the rain, what happens? How does the bucket get full of water? It gets full of water one drop at a time, right? So it doesn't happen because one big gush of water flooded into the bucket to fill it up. These little savings buckets are, we trickle into them just like a rain, rain would a bucket that we set outside. So uh, think of sinking funds as savings buckets. These are small savings buckets for a few different purposes. Number one, a large purchase. We know that in a year, we want to need to um, maybe buy a new refrigerator. The average cost of a refrigerator is this. And so we're going to start saving now at a monthly expense that's a lot smaller than the true purchase price for that refrigerator. And then we'll cover it. A known but irregular expense. Known expenses that are irregular may become once or twice a year. And then a one-off expense as well. And I'm going to go more into detail about these different types of events and ways that you can save for them as we go through this podcast episode. So seeking funds work like this. You'll set a money aside every month in one or multiple categories for later use. That way you're saving up a small amount over a longer period of time instead of having to come up with a big chunk of money all at once. The seeking fund It's like eating an elephant. How do we eat an elephant? We eat it one bite at a time. The elephant might seem huge if it's like, okay, eat this elephant right now. But if you had a year or two years to eat the elephant, it would be a lot easier to do. Think of it also like my analogy before, the water drops in the bucket. The bucket gets full of rainwater either way, but the rainwater goes in one drop at a time. So if you're looking at your budget right now, you're like, okay, what is she talking about? What type of categories might actually fit into sinking funds? Here's some of the ones that I have personally. 
um, in my budget. Property taxes, um, that might not be a big deal for you if you have extra cash flow every month to just go ahead and cover that. But property taxes have gone up a lot. And I think our property taxes this year were like 700 and something dollars. So that's a significant enough amount for me to want to have a sinking fund for it. Vacation is a good one. Um, car repairs is another good one. Car repairs are inevitable. You just don't know when they're coming, but you'll have to do it. Sometimes you can plan for it. Sometimes you can't. Tax preparation, um, especially if you're a business owner, I think our tax prep was like $1,300 this year between our businesses and our personal taxes, which is a hefty sum. And then also things like clothing, things that you could get out of control on. Um, so if you set a, a side amount every month, then when you go out to shop, then you have your amount that you're going to use. Okay, so let me clarify something real quick before we continue. A sinking fund versus an emergency fund. So the difference between a sinking fund and an emergency fund is that a sinking fund, um, sinking funds are for specific goals, while emergency go emergency funds are money set aside for the unknown. And we're talking about like the big unknown. <laughs> That's so funny. That was something just popped into my head. I was thinking about um, my daughter likes frozen into the unknown. Anyway back to what we were talking about uh so you know the items in your sinking fund categories are going to happen but you might not know when and you might know when your goal is to not have a one-off event or an event you didn't properly prepare for sink your budget so instead you'll sink money into those those categories so that they don't sink you okay additionally one of the big differences is that an emergency fund is for emergencies so most of the time we consider emergencies um things that aren't really emergencies. Like vacation is not an emergency. A car repair could feel like an emergency, but if you turn it into a sinking fund, it shouldn't be an emergency, okay? Most of those things could have been covered by a sinking fund. So now that we're clarified on what a sinking fund is and the difference between a sinking fund and an emergency fund, let me explain to you why I would recommend using sinking fund. There's a few different reasons and I'll give you uh, five of them. Okay. I could go on and on and on and on, but I'll just give you five reasons. The first one is to ditch the guilt associated with large purchases. So say you want to give your kids a blowout Christmas to the tune of about $3,000. If you start in January, that Christmas will only cost you $250 a month. And also it'll give you a little bit of perspective because sometimes the emotion around things like Christmas and vacation make us feel like, oh, I want to get them this. I want to get them that. But if you consider, is it worth me a having a $250 a month bill for this year to give them that $3,000 expense of Christmas? And if it is for you, then you could take it. You could eat that elephant one bite at a time. And then you won't have the guilt of having charged Christmas and then you still have to pay it off over time or you might end up with high interest and things like that. Next, it helps you prepare for expenses and like tax prep. So for example, I, I mentioned to you guys that I use uh, our tax prep this year was about $13.50, okay, for between all of our businesses. Also things like back to school shopping. A sinking fund makes those those processes stress-free. You know that school is going to start in August and you need to buy new uniforms or whatever you need to buy. You know that tax prep is going to happen somewhere between what February and April for most people is when you're going to file your taxes. And so you can already have those things already done and you could be prepared for them, which makes them less stressful. You can also, number three, prepare for future fund. So funding Disney on a credit card is only fun until you have to pay it off. But how less, how much less stressful will it be that you know you have the cash and you're able to cash flow that that holiday experience with your children instead of having to fund Disney with the credit card 
um, which isn't really funding, you're borrowing, right? And then having to pay it off plus interest, it makes Disney a lot more expensive too. Um, number four, you give yourself a budget for out of control categories. This, my dears, is the golden ticket. So consider if you set aside $50 a month, that's what you can afford for back to school shopping. And then back to school shopping comes and there's only $600 in the back to school bucket. Okay. That's how much there is. That's it. And so what it does when you set up a sinking fund is it gives you a budget for those things that we could spend out of control. Things like clothing, things like vacation, again, going back to planning for future fun, things like that, or back to school for our kids or even kids' birthdays. If you are one of those people, the kid's birthday comes and you're like, oh, we'll get them a four-wheeler. You get a car, you get a car, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to get them. But the budget or the sinking fund says there's only $400, only $600 in there. That's all that's in there. And that's all that you're going to spend because you set yourself a budget and you're respecting the decisions that past you made in the present because past you made those decisions in order to protect future you. Okay. Um, the next thing is, is that it, it, um, turns an irregular expense into a standard monthly bill. So instead of those irregular one-off expenses, like getting your taxes done or getting your tags renewed, um, being something that pops up and you're like, Oh my goodness, it's a standard monthly bill. And a, a really good example of those, um, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a couple of examples more in depth. And one of those examples is the irregular expense turned into standard bill. So I'm not going to go into detail on that one now. But let's shift to the next section, how to include sinking funds in your budget. So like I mentioned, I'm going to give you guys two different ways to incorporate sinking funds into, into your budget. But first, let me give you guys a word of caution. There is something something as a such a thing as too many when it comes to sinking funds. Okay, so if so if you have determined in your budget all of your essential needs have been met and everything's been allocated from housing to food and all those things and you've determined that you have 600 extra dollars a month to dedicate to sinking funds. The more categories you split it into, the less effective it might be at meeting your goals, especially the closer the goal is. So you really do still need to prioritize your goals, right? If it's tires that need to be done, and the tires need to be done within the next four months, then maybe that needs to be prioritized more than adding a sinking fund for this or that, every little thing that comes up. So you still need to consider how much you have allocated towards being able to reach your sinking fund goals before you go ahead and start chopping it into little bit tiny pieces. And each category only has five bucks in it. And so you actually aren't able to meet your needs and you have to shift the money around anyway. All right, so back to how to include sinking funds in your budget. Let's, um, let me give you guys two examples. I'm gonna give you the example of a one-off event. So this thing only happens one time and it won't happen again. And then the example of, of um, turning an irregular expense into a standard bill, um, basically a known irregular expense will be the second ex example that I'll give you guys. Okay, so the one-off event, your best friend's destination wedding next June. That is a one-off event. Hopefully your best friend is only getting married one time and you already have the date, which is next June. So you have determined that you need hotel, a new outfit, car rental, and food to the tune of $2,000. Right now it's March. So if your best friend's wedding is next June, you have 16 months to prepare, which is $125 a month. Once the event is over, then you no longer have to save that $125 a month and you can allocate it to something else. Now, with that one-off event that's happening next June, you also have to consider that some things you'll have to buy at different times, okay? 
So that 125 a month, maybe you have to do that for four months and then you'll have enough for the plane ticket. You'll empty that bucket. You'll refill it long enough to get your hotel and so forth. So it's not like you're going to save all the way into that time and keep the whole $2,000. You'll be spending it. But you'll you'll have the same $125 monthly expense until that event is over and then it's over. The next one is a known irregular expense. This event, this expense happens irregularly or at a set interval, but you know that it's coming. So an example of that would be a six month car insurance premium. Say you pay your car insurance every six months. Okay. If your car insurance premium every six months is $700, then you divide that by six and your monthly expense for that is approximately 116. And the reason why a person might do it this way is to avoid things like fees associated with them letting you do the monthly um, payments. A lot of times with car insurance companies, um, they're going to charge you $5 a book or uh, a month or some other type of expense in order for you to be able to pay monthly. So it's better to pay it in the lump sum if you could trust yourself to save up the amount and have it there whenever it needs to be deducted from the account. Okay, so that one is known a regular expense rather than one off because you'll have to continue to pay that every six months. All right, so we got down what a sticky fund is and how it differs from an emergency fund, some examples of reasons why you would need to have sinking funds. Where in the world are you going to keep all this money? Okay, there's three different places that you could potentially keep these sinking funds. I do have a favorite one and one that I teach my clients whenever I coach, whenever they coach with me. Uh, number one is you could keep it in cash. And this is similar to some of the methods we've heard from people like Dave Ramsey and things like that if you're a follower of him. I personally will only do this for categories that you need ready cash for, like clothing. And only if you trust yourself not to spend the money. Okay, I personally don't. So therefore, I do not keep my sinky funds in cash, but I feel like it would be uh, good for those categories that you might need that for. Um, you need the cash readily for, or you might actually go to the store and purchase. Um, you could also keep all that money all in one place. So you could keep all your sinking fund money in one savings account and digitally separate your balances into categories. There's a couple of apps that will do that for you. Uh, like you need a budget that's a paid app and also every dollar which has a paid and unpaid version of it um, I think there's one called envelopes um, you can read in the description of this um, in the show notes of this podcast I'll give you guys some examples of of, um, of budgeting apps that you can use that will allow you to have one savings account and just digitally separate and know how much you've allocated for each one so that means that your balance might be two thousand dollars but you have a record to show how much actually belongs to each category inside of your app. The last method would be separate savings accounts, which is what I do. So for that, I recommend ally.com. Also, I put that in the show notes and also Capital One 360. Um, and I recommend that to my coaching clients and that's how I help them set up their budgets um, because they're free and unlimited. So you can have as many savings, little mini savings online accounts as you want. And then within those systems, you can actually rename them. So I have one called tax prep. I have one called uh, when we finally need a new car. I have one called down payment on a new house. Um, I have one called car insurance. So you can have, I, I think honestly, we only have about seven, but you can have as many or as little as you want. Um, but again, it's a really good option if you would prefer to only have one and allocate it digitally to just use option number two uh, via an app. But again, you'll probably have to pay for whatever app you choose. Um, 
All right, so that is my overview of sinking funds. I hope that that was helpful for you guys. I felt like it's one of those things that is an underdog. Nobody really talks about how much sinking funds can help you keep your budget on track and keep emergencies, emergencies, and non-emergencies something that you just save for and you handle them when they come uh, come up. If you head to my website, www.tanyellprice.com, using the link in the show notes, you could download my free sinking funds worksheet to help you organize your sinking funds. It also gives you an idea of some of the some of the sinking funds that might come up at different times of year so that you could just look through and see, oh yeah, I might need this one or I might need that one. And keep in mind that these are very, very, very personal to you. And over time, you might only have two sinking funds. And then you notice this other thing that crops up frequently that you keep having to scramble around to pay or this item that you add into your life, like sports for your children or things like that. And it might have you go ahead and add a new sinking fund to your budget. Also remember, prioritize what is actually important to you. I preach and preach and preach and I will continue to preach that you need to have priority spending. Whatever your priorities are, once you've clarified what your goals are, you set your priorities and then you strategize to decide how you're going to handle your money and what budgeting method is good for you. All right. So again, guys, you can head to my website if you would like to have a free sinking funds worksheet. Additionally, I would like to announce that the Facebook group for Beyond the Budget is officially closed. So if you listen to prior episodes and you plan on joining the Facebook group, it is no more. So I would encourage you to join the email list. And the link for that is also in the show notes below. And also, if you guys would like to send me questions or topics that you would like for me to cover on the podcast, feel free to do that at hello at tanyellprice.com.